Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunching Enthusiast over at Sacrament Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. Happy February, everyone, and happy Winter Olympics. Yes, I know we were just here because the 2020 Summer Olympics have been postponed a year, so I think they said it was 180 days ago was either the start or the end of the postponed Olympics. And now yet here we are again with the Winter Olympics. Um, This podcast, because you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow TikTok, I think we all pretty much remember uh, that very random, viral, almost 2 million views video of the uh, volleyball last year. Still very confused about how that did what it did. I, every time I think about it, I, I'm just like, how did, how did that video get so many views? Uh, anyway, I thought I would come on here with some fun facts about the Winter Olympics, maybe talk a little bit about the controversy surrounding the fact that the Olympics are happening in Beijing and my thoughts on that, because I have to say, um, last night was night one, wasn't even opening ceremonies yet. Uh, so that I think they were still calling it day zero. And, uh, like I was already over the NBC coverage of it. (laughs) I was already, I'm like, I already cannot do this. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Winter Olympics before they all start back up again. So I don't know if I talked about this in the other podcast that I did. So last summer, right at the start of the summer games, I made a podcast dedicated to all of the FAQs that I knew of for attending the games. Obviously, as a spectator, I wish. I do not have the talent. I, I don't have the talent. I don't have the wherewithal. Like, sometimes, I mean, there are people that, like, break several bones several times over and then they keep doing that sport. Like, I don't know. But I also know that I'm so competitive that, like, if I ever had been, I would have had to like go to the Olympics. Like there would have been no ifs, ands, or buts. So I'd be like, if I'm dedicating my life to this, if I'm going to be homeschooled and doing all that, like I'm going to the Olympics. Um, but I had a whole podcast uh, just talking about how you can attend the games, how you sign up for tickets, how you get tickets. And then my experience when my friends and I went to the 2012 Summer Games in London, which was an experience of a lifetime. And I absolutely cannot wait I would love to make it to Paris in 2024 and then like barring anything major happening, I will be in LA in 2028 for the summer games because like they're in America. (laughs) Like if I can make it to London as a recent graduate with no money, uh, I can be whatever, however old I'm going to be in 2028, like near 40 or over. <laughs> I can definitely get to the other side of America, like barring obviously anything like that's going to happen. Um, anyway, I don't know if I said in that podcast though, like just how much I love the games, which I'm sure I probably did. But when I graduated college and I was job searching, I applied at least five times to the USA Olympic Committee out in Colorado. Uh, Obviously, it was a tough market at the time, and I did not get any of those jobs. Um, And I don't even remember really what I was applying for at that point. I just thought, I love the games, and I don't have the athletic ability to be part of the games, but I would love to just be part of this somehow, because I love the Olympics. I love what the Olympics stand for. I love the camaraderie. I love that as a whole, generally, you can be sitting, like, you could, like, I'm in my living room. I will never forget the 2008 4x100 swimming relay. I will never forget that moment. And maybe, maybe, I feel like I talked about this in that other podcast, but I will never forget sitting in my living room. My mom had recently had foot surgery because she had broken all three bones that connect your foot to your ankle. So she's propped up in her chair. I'm sitting in my living room 
and it's the four by 100 relay. And we are screaming at the top of our lungs, cheering. And when USA, when we came back and we want like outraced them at the end, France and Australia, like I, I will never forget that moment. And then I was getting text messages from, from friends, like friends in Northern Ohio and friends like seven blocks away and all, and you know friends two hours away and in different states being like oh my god did you just watch that and you feel like you're in the same place like you're in your own separate areas but at any given time when you're watching the olympics it, you can feel it you can feel other people watching these big moments and i love that the very first olympics that i remember snippets of and it's probably more so because then they replay things at other games but I do sort of remember points of the 94 Lillehammer games I was four years old cannot stress this enough actually I was three <laughs> maybe I do just remember them because of snippets later on I don't know but I remember the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan I, vividly vividly remember that. I, and then moving on to the 98 games, I remember where I was when Tara Lipinski at 15 shocked Michelle Kwan and won the gold medal. I was at my cousin's house, we're a couple blocks away from my house, and my cousins and my mom, my family, you know, I, I think I came out stronger in the end for it, but they just like to tease me because they knew I was a very sensitive child. And they were like, oh, we're not turning it on the games. And I basically had a hissy fit about it. So I went in their spare room, turned it on. Uh, and I was sitting on their bed, uh, like sitting on the bed watching it. And, the, and they call out, they're like, we put it on. And I was just kind of ignoring them. So I was like, how dare they? And I sat in that spare bedroom on the bed, glued to the television, watching Tara Lipinski win gold. I like... So to say that the games are ingrained in me without being an athlete, without working for the organization, would be an understatement. So I guess let's just start with my little soapbox about the games being in China, okay? Uh, because last night for the, they started the team's figure skating competition and it, like, that was the one thing Mike Tirico kept talking about, and they kept coming on about how the U.S. wasn't sending a diplomatic delegation, and I think it's also, like, Canada and Italy and France as well are not sending diplomatic delegations to the games because of the China human rights violations. And I want to state, for the record, first off, first and foremost, I hate that these games are being played in China. Hate this. Um... I, I too, I fully believe that China has committed human rights violations, that they continue to, that they are not being truthful about lots of things, okay? So I want to, I want to just say that right here from the beginning, okay? But now I'm going to, now I'm going to stand on this soapbox and just like say my piece about this and then move on. Because I feel like people don't... <laughs> If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, okay? First of all, these games were decided in 2007. So in 2007, the IOC met. They had countries that were vying for the Olympics. The European countries that were vying for it, quote-unquote, dropped out. And they were left between Kazakhstan and Beijing for the Winter Olympics, in 2022. They went with Beijing. Um, now, I do understand the need to put the games in other countries. You know, like, it, it shouldn't always just be Europe and America. Uh, because it brings the love of the sports, it brings notoriety to the sports to other people. And so I think that that is fantastic. But... This is, like, <laughs> the the amount of money, resources, et cetera, et cetera, that a lot of countries have been funneling into China for years, not great, okay? But the IOC, who also, the head of the IOC, had to step down 
uh, because he was corrupt. Like, they actually found corruption after this. I forget at what year this was. Uh, he stepped down. So, for all these people that were like, oh, they should pull the games. They should pull the games. Countries shouldn't compete. This is solely on the IOC. This is solely on the International Olympic Committee. The people that sit on that decision panel and the overall person. Like, that's on the IOC. The IOC is corrupt. Okay? But for people that are like, oh, I can't believe they're having an invasion with all of this going on. And we're... Obviously, they don't remember the 1936 Olympics. And by remember, obviously... Okay, none of us were alive. I mean, my grandparents were five and three at the time. They are they are no longer alive. But if they were, I would say that they were five and three at the time. So maybe my grandfather would have remembered something. But they were also poor and they did not have televisions back then. Um, well, they they did not have televisions. And and you well yeah you really didn't have televisions anyway. So it would have been on the radio. So a different time, obviously. Okay. But the 1936 Olympics were held in Nazi Germany. With Hitler. And the whole thing was he wanted the games there to show off the pride of Germany and his perfect Aryan race. And then Jesse Owens comes in as a black man and absolutely destroyed that whole notion. It was a total failure for Hitler at the time. Okay. The fact of the matter is the IOC claims that they are apolitical and that sport is bigger than politics. And you're right. Sport absolutely is bigger than politics in this arena because you're not you're you're not there to represent yourself. You're not there to represent your own personal feelings. You're there to represent your country. You are there for your country. You're wearing your country on your back. That's what you're there for, okay? But, like, for everyone that's like, I can't believe that they would give China the Olympics and all that. They literally gave the Olympics to Hitler in 1936. I'm just sitting here blinking, okay? Like, I, I don't know what else you want. On this, okay, because if they're gonna give the, if they're gonna give it to Hitler, what would possibly make you think that that yeah that they wouldn't give them to China twice, within a fourteen-year time span, knowing what we know, and what we assume that we know coming out of China, uh, that said, that aside, um, I hope that all of the Olympians from all of the countries are safe there and then they safely make it back um, with no problems because it's scary. It, it is it is truly scary. One of my uh, Rome roommates, the year we went in 2008, that summer she had actually done a school program in Beijing and at the time, it like she was there right before the Olympics happened. Um, so then the Olympics and then pretty much right after the Olympics rovers when uh, our program started. So uh, we were just kind of talking about it. And I said, wow, well, like, what is it like in China? Like, what was that like before the Olympics? She was like, oh, yeah, I have a shirt, you know, like counting down to the Beijing games and stuff. But she had gotten sick. And I don't remember all of the points of this story now. But she had gotten sick some with some, I don't know if it was food poisoning or what, but she ended up having to go to the hospital to get an IV because she just got very dehydrated. And she said that while she was there, because they didn't have TVs where, like, while they were doing the school program, but there were TVs at the hospital, she said the TV would be playing and then it would just cut out because it was saying something that the government didn't want you to hear. And so it just shut off. And then it would just come back on, like, after that was over, and then it was back on again. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, it was so weird the first time it happened. And it happened more than once. So, 
I hope moving forward, the IOC will, and I know that this is basically a pipe dream, um, I hope that they become more conscious of where they're choosing the games, um, because I got, I have to say, I'm not, a, <laughs> I haven't loved some of their other options. They didn't go with those options, but some of the choices, I mean, I, I keep circling back to Beijing and Kazakhstan for the Winter Olympics. Beijing, this Olympics, they have had to create fake snow because they don't have snow. So they've created artificial snow, which I'm hoping is just frozen water, but God only knows. <laughs> Hope it's just frozen water. Uh, and it's well known that China, the country, is in a drought status. And then they're over here in a drought status, creating fake snow with water they do not have, allegedly, to create this for the games. Why why were they even an option? How is that even possible? Now, I will say that the next Winter Olympics are taking place in Italy, up um, in Milan and um, Catina, I think. Get it? Cortina? Cortina? Catina? I think, it. you know, it's Cortina. Uh, where I was just recently watching, that's where they did like a World Cup race for like alpine downhill skiing, I think, that they do every year there. So, yeah, like, yeah, can we put the Winter Olympics in places that actually have snow? I know that sounds totally crazy bizarre out there. This is like, well, they had Sochi in Russia. Fine, put the Winter Olympics in Russia. That works. But where do they put the Winter Olympics in Russia? They put it in a beach town where they too had to truck in snow <laughs> because there's no snow there. And yet people are sitting here like, well, I can't believe they'd give up. Like, they haven't been making good decisions for a long time. They, they have not made good, smart decisions for a long time. And the whole line that sports aren't political and the IOC is apolitical is a total falsehood. It is a complete falsehood. I mean, they can claim that all they want. But it's It's false. And all you have to do is look back to 1936. Go Google 1936 Berlin Olympics and look at the photos. And then you tell me <laughs> that you're shocked of about these decisions being made currently. And really, the only people that I really feel for in all of this are the athletes. Because, I mean, you're... You're being asked to go, like, this could be your one shot. You work your whole life for this. You you put in the blood, sweat, tears. You may have broken bones and had to come back from that. You sacrifice all so much personal time to do this. And then your one shot is going to a place that has to ha make artificial snow because it doesn't have snow for the Winter Olympics in a communist country where they censor the media heavily. So, yeah, like... I'm going to get off my soapbox now. But, like, NBC, I don't need to hear it 17 million times a broadcast, okay? I don't need to hear it every 30 seconds about this. Because if I'm going to hear that, what I want to hear is the pressure being put on the IOC to be transparent. What I want to hear is pressure being put on the IOC to not be corrupt, what I want to hear is pressure put on the IOC to do the right thing. Like I don't want to, I, I don't want empty words. I don't want empty statements. I don't want this same story over and over again while you're sitting in your cushy Connecticut studios. I I want actual real work done for the greater good because don't bring me back to the Summer Games last year where you mention Bella and Marta Caroli exactly one time when dealing with the whole, the whole Simone Biles, like, all, all of that. Don't, don't 
bring up empty words and empty stories and then brush it away and not have anything else. If you're going to do journalism pieces like this, do journalism pieces like this and make a difference. Make a good difference. But otherwise, I don't need to hear the story 17 billion times. Of course, I just went back and listened to that because I was like, I want to make sure I have everything right. And uh, when I said 2007, when they voted on it, I was like, wait a minute. It was seven years ago, not 2007. Blame it on the COVID brain, but I didn't want to delete it and re-record it because I really liked everything else. So just delete 2007 from that and uh, say seven years ago when they decided to have the games in Beijing. Okay, moving on from that, because, you know, I don't want to dampen the spirit of the Olympics with that. I just, that's like just a huge pet peeve to me already. What, can it be a new pet peeve? It's a new pet peeve of mine, the way that they are already covering the Beijing games. So, moving on, I thought I would look up some fun facts of the Winter Olympics, and some of these I knew, some of these I did not know, um... And I thought that these were the most relevant ones. So the first Winter Games were held in 1924 in France. And they were held the same year as the Summer Olympics until 1992. And then in 1992, they decided to alternate them. Uh, every, well, four years, but two years and then two years and then two years. Uh, so they had the 92 Games and then... They went ahead and had the 94 games in Lillehammer, and then it was 96 when they were in Atlanta for the Summer Games. Uh, the first Winter Games, they had 16 events with 16 countries present. There were 258 athletes there. In comparison, I don't have the numbers from 2022, but in 2018 in uh, Pyeongchang, there were 2,925 athletes from 92 countries. So let's just, um, okay, 2,925 athletes minus, okay, 258. So it's grown 2,667 athletes. And I think I heard it was 91 countries, so I don't know what country is not in it this year. And 76, extra, not extra, but 76 more countries have since joined in between then. Well, that was in 2018, so I guess 75. Um, now, like I mentioned, the 36 games were in Berlin, then World War II happened, so they did not have games from 1936 until 1948. 48 were um, the first games back in 12 years, and Germany and Japan were not allowed to compete. <laughs> they were not asked. They were like, mm, you're not invited to the party. Uh, and you know, you know, I don't blame, I mean, I know that it's the people and that, you know, it's not all the people and all that, but honestly, it's probably what they deserved. Um... Looking at my list here, snowboarding and curling were added in 1998. I just added that in there because I guess I didn't realize that snowboarding had been in it for so long, even though I know Johnny Mosley. Like, it's like, oh, no, Johnny Mosley did. <laughs> Moguls, never mind. That's not who I'm thinking of. Um, Well, maybe I don't know any from snowboard yeah I snowboarding in 98 is I I guess I thought that one was gonna be uh, like would have come in in the 2000s um what is it what do I have here oh thanks to the x games the winter x games that started in 1997 that's why we have snowboarding uh we have snowboard we have the half pipe we have slope style we have ski cross and now snowboard cross, all because of the addition of the Winter X Games. They kind of like test out the event at the Winter X Games and then choose to bring them in. You know, I wonder what it takes to make an Olympic sport an Olympic sport. Or what it takes to make a sport an Olympic sport. I should Google that. Um, in the, Now, this one blows my mind. I guess it really shouldn't but it does. The 
And I think, I mean, I must have known this from somewhere, but I guess, but maybe not the numbers. In the summer games, in the, well, we're just going off of the 2020 games, there were 33 sports involved. Uh, And they normally add, they typically add at least a few sports every year, uh, every games. Um, In comparison, there are 15 sports in the Winter Olympics this year in Beijing. That's insanity. How I didn't even realize that there were so few sports in the Winter Olympics. Like, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. Also, though, insane. Maybe we should, you know... Maybe you should put the, um, maybe they should have, like, basketball go in the winter sports. Maybe some of the indoor, uh, like, basketball and, what, handball, I think was one. They just moved that over. Maybe, maybe the biking at the velodrome stuff, like, maybe put that one in the winter But then I guess that kind of wouldn't make sense for biking because then they have the outdoor racing. I bet it's like two different kinds of biking, though. Um, That's just wild to me that there's only 15. So, okay, the 15 sports competing are... And and here's another thing. Is it bobsled or bobsleigh? Because one fact is that the first bobsleigh... uh, club, I think is what it said, was created in um, St. Moritz, Switzerland in, and I'm going to like dyslexia these numbers. It was like 1897 or 1857. I know it started with an 18 and it ended in a seven. I'm, it's got to be 1897. I feel like it's 1897. Um, I guess that wasn't a dyslexia moment. That was just me. You know, I'm also really bad at 50-50 choices. It's like, I always pick the wrong one. I'm pretty sure it was 1897. But they always call it bobsleigh. And I've been tuning in to the Olympic channel on through DirecTV for the last month. It's been fascinating because you get to watch all of these sports ahead of time. Like, you're watching their Grand Prix and their uh, World Cups and all of this. And, and they're, like, all in fancy European cities, so it's all beautiful looking. Um... But they, like, in all of the international things, they call them bobsleigh. And, but then every American, like, USA article written up is bobsled. So is it E-I-G-H or E-D? That's all I need to know. Anyway, the 15 sports are bobsled, sleigh, whatever, luge, skeleton, ice hockey, figure skating, speed skating, short track speed skating, curling, alpine skiing, freestyle skiing, snowboarding, biathlon, cross-country skiing, ski jumping, and Nordic combined. I'm, yeah. And then it says, okay, it says these sports are broken up into three categories, ice sports, alpine skiing, and snowboarding events, and then Nordic events. Under the ice sports is bobsled, which is women's monobob, which is a new sport only for women, and it was meant to help, um, other countries that didn't have the money and the resources to invest in, in like two and four person teams. Um, so I guess it was like more cost effective for, to do this monobob, but it's also only for women. I think it's what I read. I haven't read anything else. Uh, well, yeah, it just says women's monobob and then two men and two women and four men. Wait, there's not a four women? Is there not a four women team? Well, why wouldn't that be a sport? Okay, anyway. Uh, Luge. Well, was there before? Now there's not? I don't remember. We have luge, men's singles, women's singles, mixed doubles, and mixed relay team. I think the mixed doubles and mixed relay were two of the new ones, as well as the monobop. Skeleton, men's and women's. You could not pay me enough money to do skeleton. Like, there is literally not enough money that you could pay me 
to want to go down on a tiny, tiny, tiny sled head first. Absolutely not. And in Beijing here, they have like the track, at least it said it was for bobsled. And so I'm assuming also for skeleton because I think they use the same track. It's a 180 degree turn. Absolutely not. You couldn't even pay me to do bobsled. And at least in that one, you're like, you're in a full sled. You're like fully, well, your top half isn't covered, but like, I assume there's something for you to hold on to if it flips over. I don't know. You couldn't pay me enough money to do a 180 turn. And no one's been able to test anything out because of COVID. So <laughs> like, this is brand new for everyone. Normally they do like a year out, they'll do the events at the, the upcoming Olympics. So they, you know, everyone can get a feel for what's going on. Uh, they couldn't do that this year. We have ice hockey, men's and women's, go Team USA. Uh, I've really given up on men's hockey. Look, we had the miracle on ice. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, women's hockey, I am all in. I am all in. And nothing fires me up more than hating on Team Canada. <laughs> uh, figure skating. We have men's singles, women's singles, pairs, teams, and ice dancing. I have a TikTok currently going uh, semi-little viral right now over an ice dancing routine to ushers. Yeah. People are like, that's, that's usher. I'm like, I know. I wrote Lil John. I'm like, look, you don't know this, but I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and like my brain just latched on to hearing Lil John go, okay. <laughs> so I wrote Lil John. Okay. I know it's usher though. It, like that song came out in 2004. You don't have to tell me. I know it's usher. Okay. Speed skating, short track speed skating, which we have the 500 meter, the thousand meter, 15, uh, 100 meter and relays. And then we have curling men's, women's, and the new event mixed doubles. Some people like curling is very polarizing. I almost said bipolar. I'm like, that's not what I want to say. It's very polarizing. You either love curling or you hate curling. I don't know a single person that's like, ah, curling. Like, it's a very pronounced. They either love it or they hate it. My mom loves it. I think I told this story in the other Olympic podcast. Uh, if I didn't, then sorry, you're just getting the short version. Uh, but <laughs> after, so Christmas 2017, I was looking for Christmas gifts and I'm an Enneagram 7. And one of the things that Enneagram 7s love to get is experiences. And my mom refuses to take the Enneagram test. I'm like, will you please, just so I know what you are. And she's like, I think, you know, this could be true for any, whatever. Anyway, um, but she also likes to have experiences. So I'm sure she's probably an Enneagram 7 too. But, um, well, she doesn't flit around as much as I do. So what's the, what's the other one that's really like a three? Anyway, not the point. Um, so I got hockey tickets to see the Caps because they're my team, but she likes hockey. She likes to go to hockey games. She doesn't like to watch hockey on TV. Um, so I got hockey tickets, which was also for me, but for her. And then I found a local curling club here in Columbus. It's like Columbus Curling Club, whatever. CCC. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun because my mom loves curling. So I signed us up for, to take a, a beginner's curling class. And it was on the day of the closing ceremonies. I will never forget. So we go. And it's not that I thought curling was easy. I just thought that curling was accessible. <laughs> like, like obviously it would take skill, but you would be able to do it. Curling is effing hard, okay? I, I don't understand because curlers are not exactly, like not all of them are in the best shape, but let me tell you, I don't understand how you could not be in shape and be a curler because the one you're lunging all the time and those rocks are heavy, which it's not like you're like throwing them around or anything, but still like, it, and then you have to balance and you're using your core strength because you're lunging on the ice while you're moving down. It's hard. I pulled my groin muscle. <laughs> no joke. Pulled my groin muscle. I did not fall the whole time. And I was like, oh, this is great. I was so excited. With five minutes to go, I literally like face, but didn't actually hit my face. Almost did though. Went right down on my bad knee. Yes, I have a bad knee. 
uh, like super bruised, pulled my groin muscle in the same leg. I was struggling. <laughs> I was struggling. So you will never hear, not that I had a bad word for uh, curling, but you'll never hear a bad word about curling from me. Because it's hard. Anyway, moving on. Under alpine skiing and snowboarding categories, we have the alpine skiing, which has the downhill, the super G, the giant slalom, the slalom, the super combined, and the mixed team. All of these teams, sports are new. Um, don't add, like, the super, the giant slalom and the slalom, those are the ones where you have to go between like the red and blue flags right and go i i don't know uh downhill downhill's freaking scary not that i've done it but <laughs> uh but we were just watching on the olympic channel i'm telling you the olympic channel got me through my COVID time so i was watching the uh the world cup race in cortina which is where the next olympic winter olympics are going to be and they were doing the downhill and at one point like they were showing how fast the people were going in kilometers down a hill mind you on skis which by the way can cut you on the side okay anyway and I looked it up because you know Americans we don't do metrics so I was like oh what's that at the bottom of the hill they were going 91 miles an hour you again Again, you could not pay me enough money to do that. You could not pay me enough money to do that. Oh my god, I would be so scared. Oh my god, can you imagine? And like they're they're quote unquote slow. They're going 50 miles an hour. Imagine going 50 miles an hour in your car while you're driving, but instead of being in your car, you're going down a mountain on skis that can slice your leg open if you fall the right way. It, with nothing around you on snow going fit no could not pay me enough we have freestyle skiing which is aerials moguls ski cross ski half pipe and ski slope style and then we have snowboarding which has parallel giant slalom well that's new and i also have absolutely no idea what that is half pipe snowboard cross big air and slope style and then under nordic events we have biathlon individual sprint pursuit mass start and relay events we have cross-country skiing individual sprint team sprint freestyle pursuit classical relay or classical and relays then we have ski jumping and nordic combined i didn't realize nordic combined was one okay anyway what is nordic combined like i know i know what it is i know the term it, I think that's what biathlon mixed with something. Well, biathlon is basically cross-country skiing, and then you shoot at a target. So, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the new events. Oh, it was all in the same article. Nice. Women's monobob, freestyle skiing, big air for both men and women, mixed team events and short track speed skating team relay, mixed team events and ski jumping, mixed team events and freestyle skiing aerials, and mixed team events and snowboard cross. Now, events that no longer, we're just going to sidetrack over here um, quickly because I find this fascinating every time I think about it. Uh, Bleacher Report wrote an article in 2014 about ranking the 10 craziest discontinued winter olympic sports and sometimes i just think about the fact that there was actually a sport that was um snow uh ski ballet we're going to talk about it in a minute and i'm like i could have done that i probably couldn't have but would have been fine okay dog sled racing they happened in 1932 and 1952 you know it says it's hard to tell why this sport never caught on at the Olympic level. It remains relatively popular today, particularly the iconic I did a ride race through Alaska. And the only thing I can think is it would just be transporting the dogs. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, they transport horses, but. So anyway, okay. Military patrol. Uh, it was an official sport in the first one in 1924. Then it was demonstrated in 28, 36, and 48. And Basically, it's now biathlon. Um, oh, except it had, 
So it involved many sports, wrestling, track and field, etc. Grew oh, grew out of military exercises. Unlike the biathlon or winter pentathlon, military patrol is a team sport, usually involving a 25-kilometer cross-country ski and a 500 to 1,200-meter mountain climb in addition to the shooting. So, But now they just have biathlon, uh, which is, I guess, apparently a watered-down version of military patrol. Ice stock sport was demonstrated, so never an Olympic never a medal event, and 36 and 64, basically curling, um, snowshoeing, only in 2002. Uh, uh, look, I would love to snowshoe. I feel like I could snowshoe. My asthma would probably act up, but, uh, like, I feel like you don't really get hurt in snowshoeing, and so, like, that's where I could, uh, excel, because basically everything else I feel like you're a blade away. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, but snowshoeing, it, it sounds like it was just uh, race walking, speed walking, but in the winter games. And it was probably, <laughs> probably only in 2002. Oh, it just says years demonstrated. So it wasn't even a metal sport. Um, but it was probably only then because 2002, it was in Salt Lake City, and you can have an event if it's popular within your country. Um, case in point, in the latest summer games, are we still calling, like, I don't know what to call them. I don't know if I call them the 2020 games or the 2021 games, because they were technically 2020, but they didn't happen until 2021. Anyway, in Tokyo, they brought back baseball and softball because baseball and well baseball I don't know about softball but baseball is so big in Japan that they were able to bring those sports back um but now like they're gonna be gone again you know they should bring them back I don't well I don't think it's mentioned but they should bring them back for LA in 2028 I mean we have the World Series here so if there were ever a time to have baseball again um bandy like hockey just with a ball instead of a puck Demonstrated in 1952. Winter pentathlon, demonstrated in 1948, combines cross-country skiing, shooting, downhill skiing, fencing, and horseback riding. It's poor horses. In the snow. Can you imagine? Synchronized skating in 2002. I am so bummed that this is not an Olympic sport, and it should be. Can you picture? Apparently this is huge, because I was just looking at like Team USA Skating or USA Skating, whatever, National Federation of US Skating. Um, US, I don't, anyway, not the point. I was looking there and there were three American teams from, like, it was like Connecticut, Vermont, and somewhere else um, that went to like world championships and all three American teams won gold, silver, and bronze. It's like synchronized swimming, but on skates. And it sounds fascinating and amazing. And I personally think that we need it. And they're like, we don't have the room for it. Y'all, you have 15 sports. I, you have the room. You, uh, what? You have the room. Summer games get 33 sports. What do you mean? You have, you have the space, okay? Uh, I, like, think of summer sports. All of, you have water polo. You have soccer. You have... Well, in this last one, you had baseball and softball. You have, now you have rugby. Like, think of all of the team sports. And you're telling me that in the Winter Olympics, it, well, basketball, uh, you're telling me in the Winter Olympics, you have hockey. And that's, I'm thinking that, yeah, that's the one, that's the one team sport that you have. You can't add synchronized skating. Absolutely not. Uh, ski ballet demonstrated in 88 and 92. Choreographed routines performed on smooth slope. Also known as a cross ski, ski ballet is no longer an official part of either the Olympic Games or general ski competitions. It is, however, a component of freestyle skiing, a full-fledged event at the game since 1992. In its pure form, ski ballet is akin to figure skating and involves slips, jumps, and other moves with routines being scored by a panel of judges. I love it. It's it's one of the best things I've ever heard of. Speed skiing. 
demonstrated in 92, skiing down a mountain in a straight line. Absolutely not. If you, if you think the downhill didn't scare me enough, imagine just trying to go as fast as humanly possible down in a straight line. How are, no, mm -mm. people would die. People would absolutely die. And the last one, well, the number one, ski during, ski during. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Demonstrated in 1928 only, it's skiing behind a horse or a dog or a motor vehicle. Think wakeboarding for the frozen water set. Maybe this sport seems old fashioned to you. Maybe you believe ski drawing is a casualty of these modern times of ours. An animal pulling a skier? Inefficient, you might say, like the hand crank ignition system or non-instant oatmeal. But you would be mistaken. Ski drawing remains a fixture today in various sled dog centric sports events. Horses were used in the Olympic demonstrations. And to be honest, horses are the way I prefer it as well. But let this hardcore ski drawing, uh, per purist dismount from his soapbox now as far as the sport itself like wakeboarding there are versions of ski drawing where jumps or tricks are the point but in its conventional form this is a pure speed race <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> what on earth? what were we doing here um but yeah ski ballet and definitely definitely um synchronized skating and personally i think snowshoeing bring snowshoeing on absolutely okay back though this one blows my mind in 2018 team usa won nine gold medals nine not even two full hands in contrast in the summer games of 2021 they won 39 <laughs> gold medals and look i get it 15 sports to 33 but wow well i'm well well no there's more than 15 i don't i'm trying to think i'm like well i guess if you're only if there's 15 sports and you're winning nine of the gold medals is that how that works no i don't feel like that's how that works because you I don't think you guys you gotta count men and women. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Anyway, still. Um also on that note about the gold medals, USA is the only country to win gold in every winter games. Now to make that is insane. To put that more into perspective. Only these 12 countries have competed in every winter game since 1924. Austria, Canada, Finland, France, Great Britain, Hungary, Italy, Norway, Poland, Sweden, Switzerland, and the USA. You're telling me that there was a year that Canada didn't win a gold medal? That Norway didn't win a gold medal? Because Norway, a... A country with a population of 5 million people have won 132 gold medals. They have the most in all of the games. They have 368 total medals, 132 gold, 125 silver, and 111 bronze. Second place goes to the United States with 305. The, which... So Norway leads the USA by 63 medals, but you're telling me that there was there was one Olympics at least that Norway did not win a gold medal and USA is the only country that's won a gold medal in every winter Olympics. That's banana sandwich to me. Like wh what? That's crazy. Okay. Uh in also honor of Black History Month, Deborah Thomas is the first black athlete to medal in the Winter Games in 1988 Calgary uh, in figure skating. And also, American Lauren Williams is one of only five people to win Olympic gold medals in both the Winter and the Summer Olympics. So she won um, gold in the 4x100 relay in London in 2012, as well as a silver medal, I think it was, in the 100 meter free in Athens in 2004, 
Oh, yes. And she went on to win the silver in 2014 in Sochi and bobsled. I love that. That's amazing. Um, looking down my list because I, I jumped around a little bit here. And also in terms of um, winning, well, sort of, sort of and also different, Esther Ledecka, and it didn't tell me where she was from. I should have looked that up. It's the first person to win two gold medals in the same games in two different sports, in alpine skiing and snowboarding. So recently, because snowboarding has been around since 98, so anytime between 98 to now, and what what two completely different sports? Alpine skiing and snowboarding. Totally different. Um, hmm. Okay, no, that was all of my list. I had to look it over. I had to look it over. I don't know. Some of those I found absolutely fascinating. Some of the, like, there are some sports I want to bring back. Um, and some sports I just have questions on. Like, <laughs> there are just some sports I have questions on. But, um, I don't know. What is the craziest? You, there, I'm actually kind of mad because I only made it through 33 of 100 days to Beijing, 100 random Winter Olympic facts, because I couldn't find the other two articles to finish it off. So there's probably even crazier facts that I just don't know about, because the Olympic website, I, I couldn't figure it out. Which isn't on me. I mean, I, I googled everything. I couldn't, I, I was on their website, I was in the search, and I don't know, couldn't come up. I'm sure there are probably other things that I want to talk about, but I don't remember them. And... It's almost time for the opening ceremonies because your girl stayed up way too late watching live pair, uh, uh, figure skating teams, uh, live. And then I slept in and I did not watch them live at 630 in the morning. So I have to tune in to watch the opening ceremonies here soon. Until next week. I don't know what I'm going to have to talk about because it's going to be all Olympics. It's just Olympics all day, all night, no time. I should have watched Sweet Magnolia season two today while I had the snow day and the Olympics didn't start until tonight. Darn it. I did not think that one through, everyone. Uh, but until next week, hope you tune in to watch some of the games because you know I will be. Uh, and remember, there are no bad hair days and also... It's Usher that's saying, yeah, not just Lil John. I'm telling you, the clock app doesn't let you have a moment of peace when you go with a viral video and uh, I, I feel it all over again from the, the, I'm having war flashbacks to wait till she hears about the NBA, wait till she hears about professional basketball from that volleyball video. Oh, I can't do it again. I cannot. I know it's Usher. I know. Anyway, until next week, I'll see you guys then.